0: Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson, and for the next half hour or so, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Holly Shackleton, editor of Specialty Food Magazine. I'm introducing you first because I'm not going to speak to Holly. Hi. He's trying to distract me.
1: Oh, so it's just you and me today? It
0: is, yeah. we will just cut him out. Such a troublemaker. I'm just going to do an echo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he's trying to point out to me while I'm speaking uh, that he's got a really
2: nice shirt on today. No, I just just sort of, you often comment on, you know, the way we're all sort of, you know, because it's radio, you know, you have to sort of bring in, like, actually what no one knows today is Sue is actually wearing um, reindeer horns. (laughs) And and, and it's a bit early for reindeer horns, I would say, and the Christmas jumper, but I really like your Christmas jumper. And I like, I like the flashing bits. I think it works really well for me. <laughs> you're such a liar. You're <laughs> such a liar. So why are you proud of this shirt? No, I just, I, do, I was just thinking about the fact that actually I've, it's quite cold at the moment. I've been wearing a warm jumper and I suddenly, I'd forgotten that I'd worn a, a loud shirt, especially for the occasion, because I know you always go, oh, you're wearing another of your ridiculous shirts. <laughs> it's like,
1: like a Noel Edmund shirt. Is it Paul Smith? Noel Smith? Yeah. No, Noel
2: no no, no 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 Smith. 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 Do you know I saw the other day who was oh, absolutely Edmund. mind-blowing? Lenny Henry. As in, what do you mean he was absolutely mind-blowing? Saw him on so stage. What? On stage, talking, yeah, I've the seen new him on book. stage a couple of times. He is amazing.
0: He's a really good actor, character really,
2: actor. Really, good actor. And what a yeah. story.
0: Yeah, I know, he's, he's, he's amazing. Why are we talking about that? Was you him just suddenly said drink? Noel
2: Edmonds, yes. I suddenly went TV presenters, shirts, <laughs> Lenny Henry. There's a word association game.
0: No, there isn't. I'm so sorry.
3: Christmas party, you see.
0: Our guests today are David Walker of Dorset Snails. Hello, David. Good afternoon. I notice you've got things with you. Uh, and Ariana Cardo- Ariane Cardoso. Hello. Hi. Looking forward to talking to you. And Rachel Kelly of Little Freddy. Hello. Hi there. Great to meet you all. Um, I apologise for Ollie's shirt that you're all having to look at. <laughs> it's beautiful. So Thank you. You can see why we're all on radio, can't you? Dan, not go on the television. Dan. So the reason why you're all here is because we had um, the most astounding um, reaction to the Future Food Awards, which um, is a joint thing between Speciality Food Magazine and Food Talk Show. Um, we both had separate awards, didn't we? And we thought, why have we got separate awards? We should have the same awards.
1: Indeed. So we've joined so first forces. Year
0: joined forces. Um, and our... Uh, we love uh, the, the Great Taste Awards. Um, we're not trying to cut across that, but we really do think there's a place to highlight innovation and, mm. and the future no, of food. Absolutely. Um, still got to be great taste, though. Always. Always, always. Um, but we did see some astounding... I mean, you were on the first judging thing where there was mm. a few hundreds that we were going through. Yeah. It so was amazing stuff, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: definitely. Mm. Yeah, really um, exciting finds, people that we've uncovered, yeah. I think. Really, really proud of all the winners.
0: Really proud.
2: Um, so then, I say, things I don't say nice things about both of you that often, but I actually think it's... It, what, what I actually think you guys did for this is actually really important, because I went <clears> to the awards <throat> as a judge and the people there loved what you've done. And I think it's... It's a really good example of a of a nurturing ecosystem where you guys are championing the best in a really powerful way and I think you know there's a lot of appreciation for what you guys have done in mm. building it. I think it's um, Well, thank you Holly.
0: Thank you. And I think for me as well um sponsoring it um because it's it was really important to both me and Holly that you didn't have to pay to enter. Mm. But there's not a decent model for awards. Uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to run awards if you don't charge people. Um but we do think it's worth subsidising it in order to give a platform to people who are doing incredible things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because, um, um, I mean, when um, I first launched the New Producer Awards two, three years ago, that was the whole kind of point behind it is that I think, you know, startup businesses should be spending their money on building what they're doing and building the business. And, yeah, kind of entering awards, spending money on that when they could be bringing other member into the team or something. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite important to me.
0: I also find that the ones where they charge you a lot is, is, is it's a business model where that's somebody's company and somebody's job. So the job is to run an award scheme, mm. um, which be- becomes a thing on its own. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but we felt quite strongly that this isn't about that. It's about giving profile, isn't it? to Interesting yeah. things are happening. So,
1: yeah, giving people an outing.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <Give people laughs> nice day out. So, a nice day out. So, David, are you, are you having a nice day out? On, <laughs> Very nice. Day uh, have you, you travelled? Uh, Dorset snails. Have you travelled from Dorset to London? To, oh,
3: yes, from Bournemouth. From
0: Bournemouth, there you go. Um, and
2: We're he's delivering on your objectives. Delivering nice on day my out. objectives.
0: Nice day out. So, with with you in front of you, we've got um, a bag of. I'm sorry. Um, you're next to Ariani who's um, vegan so that's <laughs> I, I'm
4: pretending I don't see. It. <laughs>
0: yeah sorry so try not to look um, Ariane, if you can help it. Um but but I think for me it shows the diversity of the you know of of our award winners. So you won the the sort of um farm to fork uh, category which um for us was about people who have looked every single part of the supply chain all the way through, and and really thought about it, and you know either curated it or grown it or whatever properly, and and we were so impressed as judges at the way that you every single thing about this you thought about, um, um, and I think that's that, that's part of the win. They taste amazing as well, uh, by the way. Thank you. So so just tell us what you've you've bought with you. I okay. can see twelve oven-ready Dorset snails.
3: Yes, that's right. Um, th- these are um, in the shell, but not the shell that they were born into. Uh, We have to buy those in from France, Um, and they are um, now becoming probably our best-selling item, actually. Uh, We sell the box like that to the public um, and also to retail shops, but to the chefs, we sell them um, either blanched snail meats, which are those, so they've... Just been taken out of the. We store the snails in two large walk in chillers. So they're stored in hibernation. Um, And then they are literally blanched to order. So any orders we get in, say, for example, today, will be taken, the live snails will be taken from the chillers, blanched, washed in salt and vinegar, um, and then sent out to the chefs that day. If it's blanched snails, they order. If they order.
0: Yeah, sorry, bigger pardon.
3: Sorry, if they if they order cooked snail meats, then um, the blanched snail meats are put into a vacuum pack bag with chicken stock. And herbs sealed and put into a water bath for two and a half hours at ninety six degrees, and this over the years we found is to the by far the best way of cooking snails
0: so that 's when we were doing the taste tasting for me. they actually tasted of something yes. of, of something distinct Indeed. as opposed to. I've quite often had snails and, and actually there's just a rubbery thing in garlic butter, whereas we, we couldn't believe it when we were doing the ta- the, the, the tasting, that actually it's, it's got a really distinct... And I thought, oh, okay, so that's what snails taste like. And that was the first time I think I'd ever thought that's what a snail tastes like.
3: That's because the snails you've been eating almost certainly are come out of a tin. Mm. And they're perfectly good snails when they go into the tin, but they are cooked at 260 degrees for twenty minutes, which toughens the meat and takes away any flavour there might be there. Mm. Do you like
2: snails, Ollie? I love snails, but I have got a technical question. I'm, I'm, I mean, so my whole thing is, someone once said to me, snails great carrier for garlic and butter. Mm-hmm. And That's basically what they are. And I, but I think often they are they're sort of they're something you learn to like. Mm-hmm. I don't think you naturally like them. But what I was blown away oysters, by oysters,
0: probably actually. Yeah, yeah, in a way.
2: And I think, but I think what's interesting is when I ate those. They were, at the, the, at the awards, they were just so soft. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the 96 degrees for two hours, are the ones in the shell that are oven-ready also cooked like that? They are indeed. So, that, so it's just a question of basically heating them through in the oven
3: yeah. and you're ready to go. Well, um, the, the in shell snails that we sell to chefs, which is becoming a greater part of our business, um, they are generally stored um, in the restaurants frozen. And it takes ten minutes from freezer to table, so everything is the snail is fully cooked, just needs to be reheated. Really,
2: so you're putting so really it frozen fresh. into the oven,
3: mm. frozen into the oven, and then onto the table within ten minutes. So,
0: so, so what I want to do is picture in my head, you know, down in Dorset. Um, how do you, what do you do with the snails? Then, how do you, how do you have, where
3: how do you get the, the snails work? from?
0: So let's let's start. Where you get the snails from? So they're, they're all crawling around the garden, or no, no, no.
3: What the original breeding cycles? Yeah, yeah. They came from Serbia. Serbia. Yeah.
0: So there's like snail farms in Serbia. Oh, there's loads.
2: Them. Right, hundreds, okay. literally. Yeah. So, so is used... Serbia the centre of snail farming?
3: No, no. It's um it just it happens that ours came from Serbia, but all over Eastern Europe, um there's 800 snail farms in France. Um, there's masses of snail farms. Snail farms through, um Portugal. Spain, Italy, um, the northern European countries—not so much because of the climate. So,
0: so, so, what is a snail farm? So, if I was to walk wander into a snail farm in Portugal, what would it look like? Would a just...
3: snail farm in Portugal—Portugal Portugal would be outdoors, yeah, as indeed most snail farms are. Um, but because of the climate, we have to farm indoors. Mm. We we use um, we we're, we're situated on a an old chicken farm, and these the units we use are the old broiler sheds. So they're about a hundred yards long and and quite narrow. So, so you
0: get you you import your snails from somewhere. Is that right? No, no, no. You, you actually grow your own.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: grow when it's an animal. I suppose you do. Well,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. You grow. So you grow your yeah. own snails.
3: Well, our unique selling point is the fact that we produce fresh snail meats. Every week of the year.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, whereas the outdoor farms, yes, they wonderful. put the eggs into um, a unit in around about February, March time, put them in the fields, April, May, and then harvest them all September and October. So
0: snails come from eggs. Why did I not think that they did come from eggs? Did you think
3: that? Yeah, the little whites, they're like little white ping pong balls. Um, really? And we sell the caviar as well.
0: I didn't think that was really?
3: Oh, yes. So, how do you yeah. like the shell then? It's like. Um, the caviar. <laughs> taste of the forest, I think, is the nearest way to describe it. What, Snail, peaty? caviar? No, not as so much peaty, but more um, earthy.
0: earthy.
3: Do you like it? No, I
0: don't.
2: <laughs> Do you like snails? I love them. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. I, we, I, have, we have met. I haven't met fishermen who don't like
3: fish, and you know. Yeah. Oh, that's quite common. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so, they snails will produce eggs, and then the eggs hatch, and a little snail crawls out. That's right. Does the snail have a shell on it?
3: Yes, it does. Yeah,
0: even like as a tiny one, uh, yeah. tiny baby. Do you know? I
2: went to an oyster farm and saw how they produce oysters, and it's absolutely amazing. You literally can see them under the microscope. Mm. You can see the shell and where it's mm. going to grow, and that's and there are billions of them in yeah. these farms. I mean, it's
3: it's extraordinary.
0: So, so when got, I say
3: they're eggs, yeah. they are actually cocoons. Right. Okay. So egg-like, and then as the snail emerges from it, it will eat all of the outer part of the The cocoon cocoon,
2: could you see that in the naked eye
3: yes you You can yeah they're about probably two or three millimetres in diameter
0: wow and then what do they eat so so you've you've got these eggs hatching and everything and then they've eaten the cocoon what what do they then eat
3: the first two weeks we feed them on a product called lamblac which is a, a powdered milk that is for orphaned lambs Yep. So for the for the sheep farmers, they feed when they bottle feed the lambs. That's what they use. It's very high in protein, and the snails grow very quickly. And then within two weeks, they can go on to a grain food. We never feed snails on um, any greenery. So there's it's, they all get high protein quality products.
2: Why don't they? I thought they love greenery.
3: Yeah, but you've got to grow it. You can't, the The environmental health people would be very upset with us if we put in a load of dead herbs in there yeah, um, so because of have, the bacteria.
0: Yeah, special greens. So how long is it before you then um, decide that these lovely snails then need to be Blanched
3: um, around about twenty to twenty-two weeks.
0: Oh wow, it's more than I thought.
3: I, I, half I, a year—that's pretty quick. Yeah, really?
0: I, well, I mean, half a year. So I, I, you've got so to keep these things for like six. Not five, yeah, but five we produce the
2: oyster farms. It's two to three years. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah true. But we produce um, every week of the year, so we we have to kid the snails into thinking that it's springtime. Right through the year, so we'll get um, we keep at the moment around about six thousand breeding snails, um, and they sort of rotate in laying the eggs.
0: Yeah,
3: um, and each little batch of eggs, which is about a hundred, um, will will be produced probably three or four times a year. The snails will produce them.
0: I have no, I've had no concept of how this all works. I mean, it's a stunning... How did you get into it, David? Did you suddenly... Oh, just think of... Oh, well, well
3: originally... Chicken shed or cows are too and big. Snails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, originally, we farmed worms for the fishing tackle trade. Ah. Um, and then my son saw a programme on uh, Gordon Ramsay's F-Word, where they, he visited a snail farm in Devon, um, and they, they did like, daily courses. So we trundled off down to Devon, paid our money, but there wasn't a single snail to be seen. He'd packed up and was off to New Zealand. But he did go through the process with us, and he, he is the one that got the snails from Serbia, mm. at the breeding snails. Yeah. Because every snail is a, is a potentially a breeding snail. Um, there's no males or females, and but they do have to mate. So... Um, we started off from that point
0: there's no males or females but no they're have hermaphrodites hmm I'm just get my to head to... around this no it,
3: yeah I mean, if,
0: that means you have both sets of tackle then does it is that what
3: it means uh, yes well
0: okay
2: just asking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what you should, I mean the, the new David Attenborough um, Seven Wonders One Planet has some weird fish thing on it the other day which did exactly this mm. which was a hermaphrodite yeah and it was just extraordinary
3: so it.
2: it Say it, something, Holly. I'm just <laughs> <completely> sitting
1: here <laughs> with my to work eyes out. wide. <laughs>
0: to work it out.
1: It's an education. Hmm. Wow.
3: But I think we're the only snail farm in the UK um, that farms indoors um, and can produce snails fresh every single week of the year, throughout the year.
0: And the, the stuff that you've bought, can we eat those now? Or Is that for like you? Cooking? Could do not. Go on, then, well, Ollie.
3: <laughs> the cooked ones. Go on, Ollie. No, we don't You wouldn't want to eat warm. them cold. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. You'd need to mix them with some garlic butter or yeah. or some other medium. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, in in here. So that's the box, yeah. Oh, sorry. The box of 12s, radio, David. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they look like.
0: Ah. And, and presumably you have to get the shells in because when you cook them, the shells degrade or do something. No. So so, so why so have what, you got separate, the different shells? Just because they all look uniform?
2: You, were saying to... you said you import the shells. You import yes. the shells. Why do you import the shells?
3: Okay, that's, oh. if you take uh, a 12 to 14 ounce, oh, sorry, 12 to 14 gram live snail yeah you take it out because there is because we feed the one high protein diet the whole of the shell is filled with snail meat then you can't get the snail back and, into that shell uh, okay. and in particular with some garlic butter so we buy this particular species which Give is Helix Lucorum, yeah. and the, the orifice is very large on there, So it gives us a chance to put the snail meat inside and then put plenty of garlic butter on the outside.
0: See how much you've learned today.
2: Uh, it's, I mean, I can't. I, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, the interesting thing about the whole snail world from a culinary perspective is I don't think we're particularly imaginative with snails. Like what we generally do is we eat with garlic butter and a bit of French bread and it's a great starter but actually, there's so many more things. I've got, I think it's a Marcus Waring recipe that he has, which has snails in it. It's sort of a, a very old-fashioned kind of Victorian stew yeah. that has them in that. But what well, you know, you once you've done the sort of garlic butter thing, where should we be going? I presume you can do them in casseroles and all sorts. I mean, they are just,
0: oh, just this... replace meat, can't they? Uh, uh, yes, worry. they're
3: extremely versatile. They're, they're used a lot as an accompaniment with fish, with steaks, um, with any sort of meat, really. Um, but the thing that amazed me when we started doing it is how inventive some of the chefs are.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, there's a chef called Michael Chan, who used to be at Le Trois Gasson. Mm. Um, he did them with um, pig's ear tortellini. And, uh, oh... The, <laughs> I to
2: say, I've, I've got pig's ear. Really? Yeah, you've got to boil it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For a long
3: time. But it goes very well with snails. Yeah. Um, and it was a smashing dish. There, there are
0: I'm just so gobsmacked. I barely well, know what you, to say. I
3: if you look on, it. It. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the, the, the vegan at the end of the table is just literally like, "What am I doing in this studio?" <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, in can this someone, room. Please well, no, get I'm me. just trying how I'm going to make vegan snails. Vegan <laughs> yeah. snails. Trying to think how you're
0: going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, what is a snail classified as? It's, it's, it's not it's a mollusk. So it's actually seafood.
3: Well, if. no, it's a mollusk, it's a mollusk but mollusk. it's not seafood. So, it's, do so is you that do meat? Get sea
0: is that meat or is that not? Wilks? Yeah. Is that meat? I'd say it because... Um, Mollusk. I don't know what you classify. It's not It's not an well, insect. Well, oysters are
1: meat. You talk about oyster meat,
0: don't you? Mm. I was just uh, trying to scallops. say what you officially classify Oysters, I think,
2: are bivalves, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but is it actually a meat? I've seen it on the but menu, though. But, but, you, but you, <laughs> you, you,
2: you rightly use the term, you talk about oyster meat. The You know, the, the flesh of the oyster, is you would call it meat, wouldn't
0: mm, you? Yeah. You
2: wouldn't
0: and they're mollusks, aren't they? Are yeah. they?
3: No, they're in a shell. Uh, what's the word Are they bivalves? Bivalves.
0: Bivalves. Mm. So, Ollie, uh, you're going to take these home because apparently your kids are dying to try snails.
2: They know that they've tried them lots of times. Oh, they, they love them, don't they? Yeah, well, my my sister-in-law is French, and so the, my <laughs> brother's kids are very much like, you know, they go to school and they're like, oh yeah, I love eating snails, and all the kids go, Ugh! <laughs> you know, but actually, I mean, I, you know, I think kids quite like that sort of, Ugh! Fact.
3: Yeah. yeah. My yeah. grandchildren absolutely love snails. Yeah. So so do actually all the, all my children. They, yeah, they, I haven't yeah. got any choice though, have they really not Oh, isn't they? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: unless they come like, out for barbecue. What's for
2: Christmas this year?
3: Snail. <laughs> well, we'll we'll always do them as a, a, a land bush. snail. Have
2: you ever cooked a land
3: snail? A land snail? Yeah. Well, these are land snails. No, no, no the big ones. Oh, well, you're talking about the uh, African. Yeah. No, my wife wants cooked one of those with, for the Guardian. How big are they? Like,
2: they're absolutely enormous. They're they're um, like a foot- they're like the size of a football. Yeah. And they are apparently the meat is quite disgusting. I bet it is.
3: It's tough. Well, the way that it's generally cooked, though, it's boiling. It. They boil them not for very long. What? Take the shell off, and then they slice it and fry it.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm going to move on now. I mean, that's, that, I that, that, that The land snail moves me towards veganism. The small one, I'm kind of cool with. <laughs> I'll
0: move well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to move on to. Did you Did you know that one early flavour of baby food was liver soup? Did you know that?
5: No, I didn't. No, I no, just let you
0: know. Please, no, and um, Justice von Liebig, I think his name is, first invented baby food, baby food formula, in the 19th century. But it wasn't really until the 1920s when baby food went mainstream. And almost half of packaging used by major UK so- supermarkets can't easily be recycled in the baby food world. It's is, pretty difficult to recycle.
5: Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, so you've kind of got two options. You've got either um, a jar or um, most recently, probably in the last 13 years, um, the pouches arrived. Um,
0: which is what uh, little Fred is in, the, the, the sort of pouches which you squeeze onto a spoon. Yeah. Um, and the reason, um, Holly, when we were judging, uh, we had some great entries into the packaging um, Mm. area but actually whilst we thought the product was great this actually won the packaging award because of of really thinking about what you're doing and how you're going to dispose of it
1: yeah definitely it kind of had um the closed loop kind of process Mm. of recycling and the kind of consumer involvement of in that, and it's just kind of taking full responsibility for what you're putting out yeah. into the world.
0: Because there is a real issue with the pouches, isn't there? In, in terms of um, you're feeding a baby, and therefore it's got to be absolutely 100% safe, um, yeah. and therefore the inside of the pouch has to you don't you have no choice do you in terms of what's in the ins, inside of the pouch.
5: No, that's absolutely right. So let me start off by saying we had a choice about where would we how would you know what should the primary packaging be and um the pouch first of all is it's got a 90% lower carbon footprint than than the alternative which is a jars Uh, jars are heavier they take a lot more water um, so all of those things contribute to a much higher carbon footprint so then you know the the, the challenge becomes that even though it's got a lower carbon footprint than the alternative unfortunately at the moment because as you were just saying there Sue that the the packaging itself is is absolutely fit for purpose you have to have this uh, laminate layer within there uh, the aluminium layer within there uh, from a food safety perspective But unfortunately, uh, because of um, how the um, recycling industry actually is within the UK at the moment, it's hugely disparate, different local authorities have different schemes, um, even um, across the different recycling um, authorities, there are just completely different um, ways of going about it. So we were pretty determined that we were not going to be put off by this level of complexity. Uh, We decided to figure out um, with an amazing company called Enval um, how we can actually bring a solution. And that's why we, um, as I say, working with this company called Enval have created a solution whereby um, you can contact us, we will send you out a recycling envelope and you can pop 15 of, or even up to 20 actually, um, of our pouches once you've finished with them into the bag, um, free post, off it goes, um, goes straight to Enval, into the machine, which then um, brilliantly um, has a closed loop process, which effectively means it separates out the aluminium, which goes back into the aluminium um. Supply stream, and then the plastic gets uh, melted down into oil, which fuels the um, actual uh, processing plant.
0: And and that's what we liked. I think we, we, so in your sort of application, what we were saying Mm. is, you know, these being fully recyclable is a few years away yet. You know, just through the normal way of doing things through local authorities, and therefore, okay. So how do we, so how do we solve that rather than saying it's a few years away? And we, that's what we really liked about the. um packaging really wasn't
1: it yeah definitely and Um, and
0: and and then setting up the mechanisms for people to to do that as easily as possible yeah and we thought that was a
5: yeah i think for us as well um as holly was saying the closed loop piece was really incredibly important to us um the other kind of alternative out there is that you can um effectively repurpose um, a baby pouch which effectively means it gets chopped down into pellets and would be remade into another object perhaps a watering can for instance but then at the end of that particular life it it's linear it can't then go back into uh, it has no further life Mm. um so again we wanted to go beyond um what what's out there at the moment and that's why we're very very excited about where we've got to with with this scheme at the moment
0: so very good also um goes without saying that the contents are you know organic and you know so, so that I mean, almost in a way, is a given. But, 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 to do that and layer it on top with the packaging, and again, just like David, you know, got a company who's thinking about it absolutely from end to end and how that would work.
5: Well, we are. I mean, in fact, the the reason that that the the whole brand came into being. So we're called Little Freddy, We're actually named after. Um, a little person called Freddie. He's the son of uh, Piers and Taz, who had the the, the brainwave to uh, set the business up in the first place. Um, and their starting point is they wanted to do better. When they had uh, Freddie and their their little girl Amelia, they just didn't feel that the the quality of baby food out there was perhaps what they wanted to feed. Mm. Um, Piers himself is he absolutely loves food he loves ingredients and what he wanted to bring to baby food was better tasting definitely a step up in terms of of nutrition Um, so we talk about our exceptional ingredients but we were also you know absolutely determined to go about this in the most sustainable way that we could
0: and i think as well uh, obviously it's great if you can make your own food for the baby that's probably the best option however a, lo- a load of of, of of mums and dads will will be you know taking children out for the day and it's just you know it's not always this is a really convenient way to to, to, to do I a little think... bit of food on the go when you're when you're out and about so
5: that's right so we're with a helping hand we yep. were here to to complement so um we you know we don't um dictate at all we just want to respond to to what parents want and they do what we're hearing is that they're they're looking for sustainable solutions um and they're also looking for for, for the best quality and if we can help then that's what we're here for have you seen these before holly
2: i have i was at the awards but not before then i mean mm-hmm. i think i think it's you know i think having you know quite young children myself Mm. i think when you do become a parent you are suddenly aware that your environmental footprint suddenly just goes through the roof because whether it's nappies whether it's suddenly driving around more because you've got a little person with you whether it's just the amount of stuff you're using stuff and so I Mm -hmm. i think you're absolutely tapping into a need which is is very clear because i think you know Parents in particular also concerned about environmental issues, worrying about the future of the planet for their children. There's all those sorts of concerns. So I think you know, you're absolutely in a sweet spot. I think the difficulty, and I mean, we've touched on this, is mm. you've got to, you know, we've got to get consumers to step up to the plate and actually do something. And how have, how have you found their reaction to, to the ask you're making? Because your system doesn't work without and um, awesome then for a bag and sending it off.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would completely echo what you've said there about, you know, as you become a parent, this um, whole idea of wanting to tread as lightly as possible on, on, on the planet. And we we had uh, some research that we picked up from uh, NetMums who talked to over 2,000 parents and they said you know, 75% of them identified they were looking for brands to help them with, with this. So, yeah, going back to the question, um, there isn't necessarily the highest take-up in terms of recycling per se. Um, I think because um, I think my team have done actually a fantastic job in, in communicating this. So we've we've spoken to parents, hopefully, in the places where they want to come and listen. Hopefully, this will be part of it um, as well. Um, but, you know, we, we've talked to them about how you can... It, we've made it as simple as possible. But, Just, but, but to be fair,
0: you know, you've got a quarter of your clients doing that. Oh, I see. I think that's a very good result. We're, we're, that's not good
2: enough. I get that. But it's a really good result. I, I, it absolutely. You look at most mm. coupon redemption, and if you've got nine percent, it's like mm. a miracle. Normally, it's point something.
5: So, yeah so we're yeah you're right we're at 1 in 4 um we hit a bit of a milestone in September during a recycling uh, month where we um delighted to say we had a um 500,000th pouch recycled during the right. month um but we do we want to continue to make it even easier and I'm absolutely delighted to be able to share that because of the, if you like, the overwhelming response to um, the campaign that we ran during um, recycling uh, month, that we are now taking our recycling scheme even more broadly. So at the moment... um, the scheme is only open to put little Freddie pouches into. And actually, obviously, the logical next thing to do is to um, extend that so any brand could go into um, the pouch. I'm also delighted to say that, that Sainsbury's, who've been a big supporter of ours um, since we pr- pretty much got going, have agreed that they will... Um, put into their fixtures um a a unit which actually means that you can pick up a recycling bag actually from the shelf which is an absolute industry first That we're making it that easy at the point of purchase to 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 pick up a bag as well
0: that's great i think we're going to be seeing more of that don't you at a retail level Definitely. Uh, re- retailers are going to be helping uh, with that, which
2: they, which they should. Well, there's been recent, you know, um, negative press I saw about one of the retailers that hadn't started not delivering in bags. You know, so Cardo's mm. still delivering in bags. Tesco's mm. uh, was there and a Tesco delivery came the other day. And there are now no bags. And I think, you know, you're, you're entering a world where actually that's going to become the norm. norm. And, yeah. and and, and, and.
0: Mm. You know? So just um, quickly to end the programme, let's have a look at some vegan honey. Can we have a taste, please? Yeah, of course. Really. So, now, this, uh, we were rather astounded by, is made from rice.
2: Well, it's sort of an octomoran, isn't it? I mean, you're starting off with the words vegan and honey, right? Mm. So that, well, it, this, well... I mean, as in, honey is not vegan, right?
0: Well, apparently, there are, it takes 22,000 bees to fill a jar of honey. Yeah. I
2: don't
0: know if that's true. 22,000? Well, that's, that's a bit of a Googleising. so I don't know if it's true.
1: Wow. 22,000...
0: I't quite know how that works anyway um but but I think uh, a lot of vegans would say that you know, um yes, it is a natural product, but um we are struggling with bees, aren't we
2: but from a strict vegan perspective, it is an animal product, yeah, yeah, and therefore it's it, it's, it's, an know, it's an, it's all. an all. yeah yeah, yeah, it's but, like uh, vegan meat it's not you know unless it's made from plants <laughs> yeah mm. vegan you
0: know. um the thing that struck us about this was not only the the taste profile but it's the way it looks and the texture and the melt feel. And it just felt to us like every element of it was, for all intents and purposes, honey. And, and of course, it's such a ubiquitous product. It's great for cooking. You know, it's great for all sorts of stuff, honey. So yes.
4: Really, really good. It's going to be great for beer as well. We're planning to launch a vegan a beer. beer with honey taste. Mm. And we are developing a yogurt with the University of Chester Yeah. to go with the honey as well. Mm. Mm.
2: And and what's the vegan honey made from?
4: Organic brown rice only. No added sugar. That's the bit that we couldn't get our
0: heads around. Mm.
2: Brown rice. Brown rice. Not the sweetest of things I've ever eaten.
0: No. So So presumably then it's cooked and cooked
2: and cooked to give it the caramelization. The color is also Mm. extraordinary. I mean, it really does. If you put it on a spoon and said, what is this? There's no way you'd know it is. No.
4: Yeah, if you close your eyes and have it, you wouldn't say it's not honey, mm. isn't it? And I love honey.
1: Absolutely love honey. Yeah. Do Yeah, I love honey. But
4: not this is really
1: car. satisfying. Mm. And it has the kind of, not tang, but do, you know, the kind of... The what thing do you think that... of that,
3: David? Absolutely delicious. I, I couldn't tell you couldn't tell from difference. proper honey, actually. Hmm. Tell the difference. Does no, it have... no bees were killed in the making of this honey <laughs> Or snails <laughs> Or snails, <laughs> or snails yeah. I'm sure it go well with snails
4: mm. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> no, A, a nice honey pizza, glaze so you know. yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: What is the sugar content of that? Um, it's they... made from rice So is there virtually no sugar?
4: No, no added sugar It's only rice
3: that's
4: incredible. Yeah. So is it like a? So
1: obviously rice is full of starch, and starch is starch sugars. Is so amazing. you're getting it down to that. Yet. Yeah, getting it down to that kind yeah. of level.
2: So if I got some brown rice and just kept boiling it and kept boiling it, I think this would kill my pan. But <laughs> you would eventually end up at honey.
4: Yeah, I don't think it would be that good, but maybe. <laughs>
2: maybe. Yeah.
4: I think it's a few extra processes. If
2: anyone manages to achieve this at home, please, please send a Please let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: in terms of um, in terms of some of the other things that you're planning, in terms of vegan products, what, yeah, what, what, what we, are you guys up to? We're going
4: to start with the yogurt. Yep. We're trying to make a yogurt from rice as well. Right. More difficult, but we want to go with the same line, and then we can go into ba- breakfast like cereals and bars. Yeah. But I'm really interested in making a beer, but it's difficult because I can't find a a brewery that's organic. Yeah. the mix with the honey.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Well, again, another one that we were bowled over by, weren't we?
4: Mm, no,
1: absolutely.
0: So so another um very well deserved winner. So, um we had was it eight altogether? I can't remember. Eight winners of uh, Future Food Awards. Um if yeah. you go onto the Future Food Awards website, you can find out every single one of those and the um supreme champion the Supreme Champion, which is Nourished, um, who's on the other week, um, but also all the sort of runners-up, of which there were some amazing um, products there, mm. um, and technology as well. So please do go and have a look at the Future Food, Food Awards website and see who those people are. Um, we have our uh, three here, the David Walker Dorset Snails, Rachel Kelly of Little Freddy, and Ariana Cordoso of Be Approved. If you want to get any details about these products, these, um, Amazing things uh, and these amazing stories, they are on the Food Talk website. So, if you want to order some of uh, David's snails or you want to find out where to get the uh, honey or Little Freddy, please go onto our website and we will we'll post it all um, for you. Um, and if you're interested in entering the food awards next year, when do we normally um, do the applications? Is it sort of Easter time, isn't it? Yeah, spring. In the spring. spring We'd love, we really want to use this platform to showcase innovative. Products and um, technology and packaging. Absolutely, that's what we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we try and do is all of these people are featured in speciality food magazine, so we've got profiles. We do loads and loads of PR around it, so it's a really great way to get a platform to show the show the UK what you're doing. Indeed, which is what we're about. Yeah. So yeah,
2: it's very exciting.
0: It is very exciting, and I'm hoping we'll have the same judges next year. Actually, because they a good were team, wasn't they, they
1: were a really good team of people. Maybe who, not Ollie this time. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure. I'll be good if this he brings year. those shirts, then he's out. I'll, I'll
2: be good this year, <laughs> and as long as Sue doesn't wear a Christmas jumper again.
0: <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> yes. So um, we're leading up to Christmas uh, next week. We've got some non-alcoholic drinks. Yep. Because we we thought you might like a few alternatives for Christmas in case you're worrying about your alcohol intake, or you've got. We're driving. We're driving. So, um, please listen next week. We've got some um, amazing non-alcoholic drinks on. Um, And again, thank you to David, Rachel and Ariane. Good stuff. Good and well-deserved winners. Um, So, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. We're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you so much, Ollie. Um, Looking forward to seeing the shirt that you might wear next week. For our Christmas drinks edition.
2: Well, let's see what I can do.
0: Thank you.
2: And those reindeer horns are coming back, aren't they?
0: Yes, I'll bring those. And um, thank you, Holly Shackleton, editor of Specialty Food Magazine. All your uh, lovely readers will be gearing up for the Christmas season. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this
2: must be a big season. I mean, Huge. it's a
1: massive, it must be massive season. Honestly, the I mean, the food industry prepares for Christmas the next January. You know. Yeah. As soon as the, you know Christmas is over, they started again.
2: But it must be doubly important, you know, because where so, you go out for yeah. the special stuff and say different things.
1: Yeah,
0: but I would say that food and drink make great, great presents. Oh, So, so you know, please go onto the food talk website and, and and speciality and and there's there's some great stuff there that make amazing presents for people. Mm. Um, and and please try to use your local deli and speciality food store. That'll get me into trouble with all the supermarkets. Um, so, uh, yes, thank you so much for joining me. And um, if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Or if you want to get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food And don't forget, if you go on to Speciality Food Magazine website or uh, our podcasts, you can access them through there. Is that not right? You can indeed. You can indeed. And if you're not reading speciality food magazine for Christmas, you should be. You, you should. could. You could do um, a subscription for a Christmas present. Good, I could it? do. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good.
2: Your boyfriend would be so
0: pleased. Oh
1: yeah, yeah he'd be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Best present he's ever got.
0: Yeah, obviously. Um, thank you for listening, and have a good week. Bye bye.